Hello and welcome our friends to this uh, SBT Sunday teaching. We're on retreat day and we are having a blast. Let alone is it retreat day, it's our New Year's Day celebration. So we've been meditating and having fun and talking and uh, all day long. It's been great. Of course, my name is Venerable Tarpa. Um, so before we begin our Sunday teaching, let's just take a moment to appreciate our community gathered here today. Today, I feel fortunate to sit as a member of this kind community in the safety and security of like-minded friends, sharing this present moment with others dedicated to the cultivation of goodness. Today, I'm grateful for the direction and support that this community provides, a community worthy of my time and commitment, a community where my efforts have meaning, purpose, and are appreciated. Today, I'm thankful for this community of awakening, a place to gain the knowledge and skills to improve my life, a family, a home, and a sanctuary for all of us seeking refuge from the storm. And let's remember, as conscientious practitioners, we must recognize our responsibility to the world, to strive to live skillfully while helping others to do the same, to strive to live in balance and harmony with nature and others to strive to gain mastery over our minds and embody our true benevolent nature, to expand our hearts and minds, transcending our shared human limitations, to not intentionally harm sentient life or our planet, and to maturely accept and embrace the reality of our situation while striving to improve it. Again, welcome to our Sunday teaching. Today, because we will be storing refuge in Bodhisattva vows later today, I wanted to offer a teaching on training and practice um, on the Buddhist path. Um, on the Buddhist path, progress is accomplished through study, practice, and training. Um, for most of us, we start with study. And that might mean we pick up a Buddhist book somewhere, maybe a friend gives us gives it to us, or maybe we find some videos on YouTube and we watch. But we we approach we start with Buddhism through study. And then at some point, uh, we might be intrigued by it and actually want to start practicing Buddhism. And for most people, practice would uh, would be meditation, mindfulness practices. Um, but when you become very serious about your path and you want to start to uh, really make progress on the Buddhist path, this is the point where a student would want to commit to some training and begin their training. Um, so, uh, Training in Buddhism is related, is related to our vows primarily, and it's related to training in awakened conduct. So, you know, we can, we can study all we want, we can memorize passages and big words and throw around big titles of books and look fancy, and we can, we can also practice when we have time. We can meditate, we can practice mindfulness, but when we become serious, we really want to commit ourselves to the practice. Uh, we get into training. Training is different because training is actually digging directly into our intentions, our 
our motivations, our volitions, and our actions, right? So, you know, study is wonderful because we gain knowledge. You know, if you remember, we have the, the three ob uh, objectives. We have, um, we have study, practice, and meditation. Um, I'm sorry, study, meditation, and contemplation. And um, so they're all essential parts of the Buddhist path. Um, and, but sadly, nowadays, uh, especially in the West, training is something that people aren't really offering much, uh, especially the secular Buddhist communities. Um, oh, thank you, Darcy. I forgot you're helping me. Especially in the secular Buddhist communities, what you find is, is that everybody's reading books and going to teachings and they're all studying and everybody's joining meditation groups and those kind of things. But rarely do you see groups offering training. And when we think about training, uh, right away we think about taking refuge. That's the first step in our training. And um, for me, training is basically has to do with holding vows. And when we hold vows, and we take a vow to hold precepts, that's a more accurate way to describe it. The precepts are the rules. The vow is the promise to uphold the precepts. So when, we, um, when we're serious about our path, we, we'll get, we, we, our, our path, we'll get to the point and we'll say, um, you know, now I really want to put my ideologies into practice. It's one thing to have all these notions and argue with friends about it all. It's another thing to put that actually into practice. And so uh, we do that by holding vows of precepts. Again, it starts with refuge. And in, in, with SBT, we start with the 10 precepts of refuge, which we're going to learn later on today. Most of you have already studied them who are taking refuge vows today. And then, uh, and what it does, it, it outlines the 10 most basic qualities of awakened behavior. And then after that, after some time, a student might wish to deepen their practice and they might ask to take bodhisattva vows. These are always voluntary. And the bodhisattva vows, the next set of vows, 26 vows with SBT, and they're vows on a subtler level where the 10 precepts of refuge are kind of cover actions and basic do's and don'ts, rights and wrongs. Bodhisattva vows get into um, intentions themselves, the intentions behind the actions. And of course, this is where the merits of our actions truly exist. It's that intention that drives the action. Um, and, you know, there's always examples like stealing. You know, you can, uh, we usually look at stealing as being a non-virtuous act, but the truth is it's, it's, it's pretty much morally ambiguous because we can steal for non-virtuous reasons just because we're greedy and we want something. But we can also steal for virtuous reasons. If nothing, if there's no other way to do, to do so, we may decide to steal food or medicine for a sick child. So, and as you can see, it's actually the intention behind the action where the merits of our 
of our deeds really sits. And so the Bodhisattvas get into a finer idea of, of, uh, of these uh, of virtue. Um, but each level of vows paints a, a more complete picture of what an awakened being looks like. So for our, our vows, I wrote our, our uh, Bodhisattva vows myself. And what I did was I, I just tried to imagine an awakened being and the qualities that they would exemplify. And then the precepts are, are written to, uh, to lend uh, support to those qualities. So the precepts aren't really rules to obey. They're directions and aims to cultivate, to move towards. And in every sense of the word, when we take, when we take vows, the true understanding of the vows is each vow liberates us from that particular subject that, that they're written about. The vows aren't there to oppress us, quite the opposite. Our vows are there to liberate us from those things, like one of them would be to not gossip or speak badly of others. Well, when you take a vow of that, then you're helping yourself to liberate yourself from that kind of behavior. Well, we have a precept of speaking the truth and being honest. We're liberating ourselves from dishonesty. And so this is the way I see my own vows as well. So you can see the importance of this. And so the whole idea of vows is, in this, uh, is, is contained within this idea of training. And I believe we're one of the only secular Buddhist groups that actually uh, has training in our curriculum. Uh, we believe in it very strongly. Um, and um, we talked about, the other day we were talking about practice, and I, I often like to do this. I ask the question, how is everybody's practice? And they, you know, give a thumbs up, thumbs down. And then I ask, um, what does that question mean? What does the word practice mean to you? And most people will answer, uh, maybe, you know, they'll say meditation or mindfulness. Other people might say uh, being kind, being friendly, being honest. And all of these are, are true. But really, when we talk about practice, in Buddhism, we're talking about the threefold training. And you'll be learning that in our Skillful Living program, which starts in a handful of weeks at the end of the month. And um, the threefold training is built as a, it, it's represented by a triangle. On the bottom, we have goodness. And this is ethics or, or in goodness. Now, goodness is represented, this includes our vows. This includes uh, basic Buddhist tenets of goodness and generosity and care, compassion, altruism, uh, all these wonderful qualities. On one side of the triangle, we have understanding or wisdom. And this is understanding yourself, the world around you. Um, and understanding isn't just book smarts. Understanding is also experiential wisdom. And then on the other side, we have higher mental states. And higher mental states is our cultivation and practice of mindfulness, meditation, things like that. 
in order to elevate our mental and meditative state. So that's something that in Buddhism we do distinctively, right? That's that's something that a lot of other groups don't, that we, we work directly with mental states. And that could also include emotions and things like that and gaining stability over those. So those three, um, the triangle and these three sides, all of Buddhism fits inside that. And so it's holistic, right? So often there's there's teachers who will say, well, what everybody's doing wrong is everybody needs to practice more meditation or more this or that. And the truth is that when people make a, a, a comment like that, they're always wrong because Buddhism is holistic. We don't do one or the other. We do them all together. All three support each other. But they say the foundation and quite possibly the, the, you know, the foundation of them all, I can't say, and possibly the most important, because I just said we don't talk that way, but the foundation of it is goodness. And so we have a especially strong emphasis on goodness with SBT. Um, so um, the idea of vows and precepts, uh, it comes from the uh, set of Buddhist teachings called Vinaya or Vinaya. And um, so in the Buddhist canon, there's three Buddhist canons in the world. We have the Tibetan, the Chinese, and the Pali canon. And this is kind of the Buddhist Bible. This incorporates the, what the Buddha taught and, and various Buddhist uh, scriptures. Um, the Vinaya, uh, I'm sorry, the Buddhist canon is comprised of three books. It's called the Tripitaka, meaning the three baskets or three collections. And it's we have Vinaya, which we'll talk about now. We have sutras, which we've been studying. Sutras are basically the words of the Buddha and other high uh, uh, practitioners. And then we have Abhidharma as the third one. Now, uh, traditionally, people talk about Abhidharma as being written by the Buddha. Clearly, this is not uh, the case. The Abhidharma is, is, is some of the tradition's first attempt to really synthesize Buddhism into a curriculum. Um, before Abhidharma, and when you look at sutras, the, the information is kind of all over the place. It's not really held together, together in any meaningful way. So the Abhidharma is really the first kind of Buddhist curriculum. They call it uh, higher knowledge, the study of higher knowledge. But nevertheless, let's set that aside because that was written hundreds of years after the Buddha died. Um, so basically, the most important aspects of the canon are the two, Vinaya. Now, Vinaya represents uh, our ethics, our goodness. It represents training. This is where our training sits. Um, Vinaya is about our vows, and it's not just monks, but it's also lay people as well. So it tells us how to live, uh, live Buddhism. It's a, a living Buddha Dharma. Vinaya. And now, and then Sutra is the teachings, the words, the advice of the Buddha himself. So this is important to understand. And as a Buddhist practitioner, somebody says, what practice do you do? It's an easy, easy answer. I follow the threefold training and everything fits within that. Um, so um, what else do I want to talk about? So some of this I'm going to cover a little bit later. Um, so, when we talk about training with SBT, 
So we start with refuge, which some of us are going to be taking today. That's 10 vows. Our Bodhisattva vows, which are 26 precepts. And then uh, later this year, we're going to be uh, offering more sets of vows. We're going to be offering lay ordination, which are 43 vows. And they're all built upon the last. And then we're going to also be offering uh, monastic ordination later in the year. Monastic ordination is 76 vows. And so each set is built upon the last. And the idea is that a practitioner takes on more, more precepts when they want to dig deeper into their practice. And they want to hold themselves up to this high ideal of awakened behavior. They, the, with each precept becoming subtler and subtler, which shapes our character, shapes our, our being in this way uh, to, uh, to become a great Buddhist practitioner. And I thought it might be kind of fun to see what some of the practitioners here would like to share about their own practice. So we have probably one of the larger classes um, taking vows today. We have eight people taking refuge vows and five people taking bodhisattva vows. I'm very proud of all of you. And considering we're offering vows almost monthly, that's a, a pretty good number. I think for SBT, in just the last two years, I think, since we started offering vows, I think we've uh, we more than more than thirty people, maybe close to forty people, have taken refuge with us, and close to thirty people have taken bodhisattva vows, and I just couldn't be more proud of everyone. But and a lot of those people are sitting here among all of you, and I'd like to ask some of you a, a question. I don't want to put anyone on the spot, but I was wondering if some some practitioners would like to share. Uh, what their vows have meant to them, and especially what what benefits their vows have brought to them. Some of our uh, more senior uh, sangha members, would you like to give a take a stab at the question? What have your vows done for you in your practice? Any volunteers? Oh, sure, Darcy, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was waiting for one of our senior members, but okay. Um, first of all, I took vows because it, it makes me accountable. Um, and then the other thing is, is that it, it makes me remember if I start, you know, talking about somebody or whatever, I remember, oh, no, I'm not going to do that. I am not participating, you know. <laughs> and um, I think it's just made me a much more patient and kind person. Um, I I have a problem not being so patient, so it's, it's helped me a lot with that. And just thinking about other people before myself always, you know. That's a great word, accountability. It's so true, isn't it? You know, most of us have these ideals and we talk about it, but we never really put them into action. We don't really commit to them and say, hey, I'm just not going to talk about it. I'm actually going to do it. And that's what the vows do, don't they? They hold you accountable 
the, what's the expression in America? They call it an arm, armchair quarterback, yeah. you know, who yells at the TV sports. And then, you know, they've never played a game in their life, but they're yelling at the coach. He's doing everything wrong. Yeah. Tom, would you like to share your thoughts on vows? Um, yeah, probably just echo what, what Darcy said there, really sort of takes, it's taken me out of that sort of habitual um, um, reaction, I guess, um, sort of making me want, want to help people more, if that makes any sort of sense. It's always there in, in my mind. Yeah, it really does. Yeah. Mary, Tenzindoma? Whoops. Am I, am I off mute now? Yes. Okay. The thing that it's done for me is it's reinforced how innate that kindness and compassion is when you're totally aware of it. It brings it to the forefront. And, and how our behavior should really is deep down, but it makes it more public. Oh, that's beautiful. Miss Chantel? Um, I've been a Buddhist for a long time, and I've, I didn't do it in the first <coughs> And like Darcy, I thought it was time in my life to, um, you know, take it a step higher. Um, I felt that sometimes I did very well. Other times I did not do so well. I tried a great many things and I never got the results that I wanted to. And I have to say this year, you know, my brain has been a little bit more spacious. Um, I've become more aware of things. So it started out maybe um, at X, if I can use that expression. And then I became aware of X plus 10. And, and so um, because I could see so many more things, you know, see so many more variables, I could change those variables for the better. So um, for me, the, the best thing is just awareness of things that I can tweak, you know, to make the things so that they didn't go so well to, you know, go in a better direction. Oh, that's lovely. Any other people? Yoli, would you like to share? Sure. Um, my, I'm like everybody else. Uh, I've been practicing for a long time and I decided that it was now time for me to really, like um, Darcy said, be accountable for my actions and um, take this more seriously. And what it's done for me, um, without repeating what everybody has said, is it's given me this, this vision of my common humanity with others. And so I feel that by going through the vows every day and trying to practice it, I realize that you know, everybody else is actually like me. And so it's given me this type of compassion that I've never had before towards others. I'm more patient. Um, I have more uh, compassion towards anything that's kind of uh, before where I used to overreact. And so now I, I, I can see the common humanity between myself and others. And so it's helped me to... Um, look at life with a, a wider lens. Oh, that's beautiful. Very nice. You know, for me, there's a, a few things that it does. First of all, 
vows bring us clarity. And so, um, you know, we talk about the spectrum of of uh, samsara and nirvana, of sorrow and happiness. But ultimately, it, in, in one way or another, they're all basically the same thing, according to Buddhism. It's a spectrum between confusion or ignorance and clarity, seeing things the way they truly are. And of course, many of you know that you could think of clarity as also right view, having the proper understanding of the true nature of yourself and reality. And so what vows do is they bring great clarity to your path. They cut through the confusion. For most people, there's so many parameters in life to juggle. You know, we have obligations for family. We have obligations for social life. We have people and social conditioning going on that draws us in different directions. And it just, generally, it's just overwhelming for just about everybody. And what the vows do is they bring clarity and structure to that. They offer parameters or guardrails, and they help us. For me, the greatest thing is that they give me direction. And that direction, you could, you could say, is clarity. Um, I know, you know, in, in, a, in a moment of clarity, I read the vows and I say to myself, yes, this is awakened behavior. If I could behave like this, this would be amazing thing. This is a, an incredible being that would hold vows of this nature. And what happens is, in those moments of clarity, you take the vows. And then when you're in the midst of your life and you're in the midst of your struggles, um, at times where you might not be at your best to make clear and virtuous choices, the vows stay true to outline your behaviors, right? You might, somebody might offer you a drink or a drug or something, and, um, and because of social pressure, whatever, you might feel yourself leaning in that direction. But for whatever the reason, um, my vows remain true, that no matter what kind of a more weakened state I'm in, in that moment of clarity when I took the vows and I said, yes, these are the parameters that I wish to live my life by. These are beneficial and skillful parameters to live a life, to be able to flourish as a human being, right? And so they're there to protect me. They often talk about vows as being a form of protection. And this is what they're really meaning. They're, they mean that they're protecting us from ourselves. What people always ask me, that they say, what do you mean protection? How do your robes protect you? How do your vows protect you? And, they, and of course, they're assuming, I mean, from external forces. But what they really mean is they, they protect us from ourselves because we all know our minds, right? And when we're, when we're in a good state of mind and we're in a good situation, we make good choices. But there's so many situations out there that we find ourselves in it's even hard to predict what those are going to be. Those vows are there. And so to me, it makes it just wonderful. And having such a, a beautiful direction like that, such a, a beautifully detailed path 
with guardrails on it to keep me going in that direction towards that sunset. It, um, it brings great peace and joy to me. It gives me a feeling of a sense of security. And, it, and I find it generally just, it's a very beautiful thing. I find my vows are, are absolutely beautiful. Some just beautiful thoughts. Would anybody else like to share? Top that one. <laughs> now I get practice at this. <laughs> How many people are taking refuge vows today? Show of hands. I think I have more names than that on my list. <laughs> Maybe some people are just coming to the refuge to the ceremony. <laughs> Maybe some people signed up twice so they could get twice the good karma. I'm not sure. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. Okay. So uh, anyways, I'm just thrilled to be doing it. I don't think there was much else I wanted to share. I thought we would just do a little bit. There's a, there's a lot more about vows that I'll share during the ceremony. So I had to be careful in this teaching that I didn't kind of try, didn't cover that material twice. So we'll have a, a little teaching on that during the ceremony itself. Um, and uh, let me take a little peek at my schedule. So our purification ceremony is going to be at 1900 UTC. And um, it seems to me we have a pretty good break. Uh, we have about an hour and a half before that starts. So are there any questions, comments, or insights into, our, into this topic? Maybe some of you who are taking vows, this would be a good time to ask questions. I know we sent out videos and information to everybody who are taking refuge. And it's the biggest kick for me. It's the best part of my job. I get so full of goodness and it lasts, me, it lasts days and days. I just get so full of goodness. It's wonderful. And whether you're taking vows or not, everyone's invited, invited to come. And please come and take part in some of the goodness. You'll get some too. Okay, then. Uh, if there are no questions, let's uh, end our recording here. And listen with our altruistic affirmation. May all be healthy. May all be prosperous. May all be well. May all be present, free of past regret and future worry. May all abide in constant appreciation, which is a source of great joy and contentment. May all realize their true nature and the true nature of reality, which is awakening. And so we'll see everybody back here at, uh, at, uh, in about an hour and a half, which will be 1900 UTC for our vow ceremony. Thanks for joining me, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you, Tarpa. Thank you, Tarpa. You're welcome.